Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur with your host, Steve Kidd, third-generation minister and 30-year business coach. Listen in as amazing, world-changing authors, speakers, and coaches share their struggles and victories, and hear from best-selling authors' insight into how you, too, can live your life as a thriving entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome to Thriving Entrepreneur. Thanks for being with me here today as we really once again dive into how to thrive in our life and business. I'm so grateful to be here with you. I uh, really love the time that we get together and the time that we get to spend to be able to really look at the concept of what does it mean to thrive? I mean, we all have those days where we don't really feel like we're thriving. And I know that you know exactly what I'm talking about. You know, it's just sometimes life is good and sometimes it just isn't. But how do you thrive in all of the parts of your life? And speaking of all the parts of your life, what we're going to talk about today is all of everything that you've done and learned in your life and how that all comes together and ties in to you really, as my friend Lonnie always says, have more fun today than you ever thought was possible. There are so many things from our past that put us on a path and we're not even a lot of times aware of it. We have a personal uh, you know, tragedies that happen in our life, whether it be physical things or parental divorce, um, you know, accidents that we've been through, people that we've lost, all those kind of things, they have an impact on us. And a lot of times we're living a life uh, based off of an event that we're not even, you know, it isn't actively a part of our mind, um, but it still is impacting us. There's also that element of the fact that we, you know, we go to school or whatever and we come out into the world and we get the job that we feel like we're supposed to have or we've been told our whole life, oh, you would be so great at that or those kind of things. Um, and so we're not really thriving as us because we're not really being us. Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And you're like, oh yeah, you know, three hands up and stand up. You know, I mean, just... So much so that uh, we're not thriving. Not because we don't have necessarily good days and, and bad days, but because we're not maximizing today. So what does it take to thrive in your own life? How do we take those elements of what was and become what we really are meant to be. It's a big one. It's a tough one, but it's so doable. Um, and it really is the best way to live so that you can thrive in your business. You can have fun in your personal life. You can enjoy the work you do. And you can take those things from your past and be able to really use them in the way that makes a difference for you and makes a difference for others. The things that we've been through, you know, I wish that you didn't have to go through them. But now that we are on the other side of them, there is some wonderful nuggets of possibility that come out of some of the worst of circumstances that allows us the capability to be able to really make an impact in the world. So what are the things from your past that you haven't gone through and haven't let go of? What are the things from your past that you're still bringing into your future that it's time to let go of? And how can you have just the best day today as you possibly can? How can you maximize how and who you are today? I know, seems like a huge concept, and we're going to try to break it down with you um, with having a couple of really great guests here that are going to really teach us how to thrive in our business and have fun in our personal life 
here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Let's jump right into our first guest. Join me in welcoming Martha Alexander. Hey, Martha, how are you doing today? Hey, Steve, I'm great. Thank you for asking. Good. So tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. So I am the product of divorced parents from the 60s, back when divorce wasn't really when I was seven, 1968, my parents decided to get divorced. It really wasn't the thing to do. And in fact, Steve, did you know that judges could say no to a divorce in the 60s? A judge could say, no, you can't get divorced. Suck it up, buttercup. So did you know that? I can tell by your eyes you didn't. I didn't, know. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't a right. It was not a right until the 70s when when state laws set it in place. It's kind of freaky to think about that, that a judge could tell you no. So anyway, my parents got divorced. I came home one day from school and my um, dad told me that my mom and two of my three brothers had moved out. And that's how they did it. And then they were really nasty with each other. They had a very nasty acrimonious divorce um, through my 50s. They were, they were still, still talking about each other. And I really thought, Steve, that I was over it. Yeah, you know, you figure people get divorced. Kids get over it at some point, right? You're resilient. Isn't that what they say? Yeah, that's what they say. So I really thought I was over it. And I learned... Um, in my late 50s, I just turned 60. So I learned in my late 50s, so about 50 years after the divorce, that some of those survival skills that I developed as a kid to, to survive their acrimony and some of that stuff came with me and, and continued to guide my path and, and my decision making. That was the filter through which I saw my world. And it stayed there because I didn't realize it was even there. So how I came here is this is my mission. I was an attorney. I went to law school to fix divorce. My parents blamed it all on the, the lawyers. And I thought, well, they're idiots. I can do better than that. So I went to law school, became an attorney, did family law for a while, a couple decades, and realized I had no control. That really wasn't where I was. Um, became a certified fearless living coach and decided that what I really cared about was people like me, right? Who, who didn't even realize, weren't even aware that we had these issues continuing in our life. So my story is the exact opposite of yours because your parents got divorced when you were seven. My parents hung out together for 44 years and got divorced when I was like 35 or 40. So, And yet does, does that, it still gave you, it oh, still yeah. gave you some issues, right? Oh yeah, yeah, it really rocked my world. Which is really funny because up until the divorce, you know, I was like, my parents are wonderful people. They're just not really good together, you know? They're really great. In fact, they had gotten to the places where they would take separate vacations to come and see me separately, you know? Oh. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and I was actually glad for it because it was easier, you know, to just have one of them all to myself and enjoy it. But, and then they got divorced and then it just totally messed me up. And I was like, this is not something shocking. Why are you messed up? <laughs> right? Because there's something inside of us that says we're, we're a family unit. I'm half of each of my parents. What does it mean? when they no longer like each other enough to be married? What does it mean when our family falls apart? So how did you, have you gotten over that? Um, that's a great question. Uh, yes and no. You know, I mean, there's some parts of it you can't get over, you know what I mean? Because they're two individuals that you'd love to control, but you can't. <laughs> and they have their own yeah. attitudes and reactions in life. <laughs> So, but I think I'm a little better at not being stuck in the middle of it like I was for, you know, quite a while there. 
Yeah, that's that was a big one. I was in the middle forever. And do you have brothers and sisters? I do have two older brothers. Are they in the middle? Well, things went south in my parents. I mean, there were things going on behind the scenes, but the public knowledge of things going south in my parents' relationship happened basically the year that my next oldest brother, I'm the youngest of three, um, went off to college. So he was around, but he wasn't living in the house. And the chaos and the yelling and the screaming at each other that then ensued for the next 25 years started right around eighth grade for me. You know, so the last four or five years in the house was, you know, I I often say I kind of raised myself, you know, from that point on, because they were just in embroiled in their battle with one another and then went another you know 20 plus years after I had left home and and then got divorced and I was like you know what was the point of all that but yeah could you could you have done it earlier right so were your brothers affected they were yeah you know I mean very much so and in different ways um you know my so I had the two older brothers, my, my next oldest closest to me, um, he really became really badly my mom's confidant. Um, and she shared everything with him, like, you know, things moms should never share with their children ever. Um, and that, of course, had really, you know, still has really bad impacts on him. My other brother was actually in the military at the time and was stationed over in Germany um, and came back because... And here's just the, the fun side note to all of that. My dad was a pastor, okay? So, um, you know, so my brother comes back from Germany up until that point, having the belief that he came from a quote-unquote perfect family, you know, good home, my parents love each other, all that kind of stuff, to absolute chaos, you know, just everything short of taking knives out at each other, you know, it was all verbal, you know, and nobody nobody hit any each other but you know it was a war zone you know and um uh you know so that you know he for him it really he kind of pulled away you know that was how it more impacted him and even to this day you know he's like if mom wants to talk to me she can call me and you know she don't ask dad because you know i I won't go with the go-between so he's um you know so it sounds like he set some boundaries that are that are healthy for him now yeah i mean his original boundaries were you know drugs and alcohol so uh, yeah i i have a brother that that chose that as well yeah um so it's interesting i'm i'm wondering so when i hear heard you talk right do you mind if i delve a little bit sure i know i know can i delve (laughs) that's what i want to do um It's funny when people have that acrimonious, I can put it in the third party. When people have that acrimony in the household, right? It is as toxic and as damaging uh, as the divorce, right? There's, there's, even if they stay married when they shouldn't, that stuff is what stays with you. So what survival skills someone might create to to overcome that acrimony um, that I have found would be being a people pleaser. Does that resonate at all? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, people pleasing, um, being a chameleon, right? If, if for me, when my dad talked dissed about my mom and my mom dissed my dad, um, I had to, and, and keep in mind my mom left, right? So, so I had some abandonment stuff going on too. When I went to go visit my mom, um, I had to really get rid of all parts of me that were like my dad. And I'm very much like my dad. I am very much my father's daughter. Um, So when I went, I had to get rid of all of that that was me. So I had no idea who I was without all the parts of me that I had. Um, And so I would change and I call that the chameleon. I became a chameleon, whoever I was with, I changed to do that. Uh, I changed to be like them, which made relationships hard. It made trusting people hard. It made communication hard. Everything kind of wonked 
in my world. Made me not even know who I was until I really decided to delve into it. You know, someone asked me once at a networking gig when I was a lawyer, what are your top values? I'm like, what do you mean? I don't know. What are yours, right? I mean, I didn't have that total sense of self that I could say who I was, what I believed in and what I thought. Um, so it was, it was really an interesting journey to connect kind of those dots and say, huh. And I had a really hard time setting boundaries for people. Any of that sound kind of like survival skills that oh, resonate? Oh yeah, I, I hear you way too much. <laughs> yeah, so were you aware that those were from your parents' divorce? Yes and no. I mean, most of my survival skills, of course, came from their not divorce, I suppose. Would be right, the way right. Or from their, right. But, Let, but let's yes, go absolutely. From their, yeah. from their, from their. Yeah, from, from, like I said, the, the chaos that was high school yeah. for me. Oh, yeah. I, I'm sorry you went through that. I mean, the flip side to it is, is that, I mean, it was already, you know, pretty independent spirit, but I became majorly independent. And so, you know, I mean, there's some good sides to it too. You know, I can of do course. a pretty good job of taking care of myself. Yeah, absolutely. There are some good sides, absolutely a positive side. So my big mission, Steve, is to, because I felt, and tell me if you felt this too, I felt in, in the sixties that I had to kind of be silent about how stuff affected me, right? I wanted my mom to be happy. I wanted my dad to be happy. And, and more important, I wanted them both to love me. So don't rock the boat. Um, so there was an implicit understanding that I would just be resilient, take it. Um, and that's not true. So for 50 years, parents have gone along thinking that they can they can fight in front of each other or hate each other in front of their kids, and it's not going to impact the kids. And my mission in life is to become a speaker and get that message out in the world and to teach those who have suffered from it, right, that there are signs, there are things, there are things you can do about it, just becoming aware that these are your survival, these are the, the mindset of survival skills can help you break through that. And then teaching awareness to those, to parents, that this is what this creates. So I guess my message to parents is suck it up, buttercup. Mm -hmm. Go somewhere else to fight, right? Oh, yeah. It don't, it, 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 your responsibility is to take care of your kids. And that means insulating them from your emotional garbage. I ran into that really strongly. I've been divorced twice now. Um, so you could also say, you know, there's another effect, right? Um, but I learned that really strongly with my first divorce because the kids were still around then, you know, they're all grown by the time the second divorce, but um you know, because I was like, no, there's a lot of things that I'm the adult, you don't need to know, you know, and, and of course, especially the preteens, you know, they want to know everything. They're like, well, how come? <laughs> Tell me, you know, you know what I mean? <laughs> and it's like, you know, that's none yet, you know, you know, you don't need that information. And it's not me being kind or loving to you to give you the burdens of the things that are happening in adult life, you know, and so, of course, they all became adults and they ran over to their mom to find out, you know, her side of the story. Um, and, and given that she left us to go live with her drug dealer, you can only imagine what her side of the story came out like. I can't potentially imagine that. Wow. But uh, it's been a fun life. You know, we've uh, we've moved down the road and, you know, the kids are, I would say they're all doing good now. Um, but I'm they're really all grown glad to, and have their own life yeah. now. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I I commend you for not for not sharing, for not indulging in that because that's hard, right? That's hard. But I understand exactly what you're meaning. You were saying a minute ago about the whole taking on the pressure of the parents and stuff, because just before you had said that, I was having the thought of, oh, wow, we're being really candid here. It's going to kill my mother because she will watch this episode. Um, and then she'll be like, no, I didn't do that to you. So mom, I love you. You know, I love you, but you know, 
truth is truth and life is life. <laughs> Sorry to whoever is offended. <laughs> so, so um, I mean, we could go on for three, four hours just on this one thing and we wouldn't even be scratching the surface, but give us, give us a little skill for, since we've been basically both talking about, you know, what we went through as, as children of divorce, give us a little skill of something that we can do to begin to rise above that thing that has defined us. Well, the first thing is to gain awareness of it, right? And to, when you gain awareness, really think about it. So my people pleasing, I know exactly where it came from and how I developed it because of my parents, right? And now I can look at it and say, does that serve me? Is that still a skill is that the lens that I want to see things through? How do I prioritize my needs with other people's? How do I learn to say no? And my tips in that are before you say yes, because people pleasers say yes to just about everything, stop and say, you, you don't ever give a yes or no immediately. Say, you know what? Give me a minute to think about that. I'll get back to you. That gives you the opportunity to really know what you want, right? What is important to you? One of my, one of my favorite exercises is for clients is a journal entry. Who do I want to be? Who do I want to become? How do I want to be perceived in this world? How do I think I'm perceived now? What do I need to do? What actions can I take to change that? Or what boundaries do I need in place? What is important to me, right? Really knowing that about yourself, right? Who you are, what you wanna do. Um, and not beating yourself up about it when you do it. Because for me, right? My habits, my neural pathways are 50 years old. They have run for 50 years like clockwork all day long. So sometimes I go, oh, Martha, heavens to Murgatroyd. That was one of those. That is a great opportunity for me to go back and say, hmm, let me rethink this. What did I do? What was I feeling at the minute that I said yes? And how can I change that, right? So it's not going to change just because you're aware of it. It's you're practicing a new way of being. Um, setting boundaries with your parents now. If you, if, if saying, I don't want to hear about what dad did. I don't want to hear about what mom did, right? Um, I, I was put in a position. I took my dad's side. My brothers took my mom's side. So we had kind of a civil war at dinners. Um, you know, family occasions, weddings, you know, whatever, <laughs> whatever. Um, so really being able to set those boundaries and saying, no, that's not my job. You handle your business. Um, were those enough tips? Did that yeah, help? Oh, that you was have really any good. questions yeah. or any Well, thoughts? like I said, there is so much more we can unpack with this. Um, but I think the most important thing for people is they need to know that this isn't a journey that is like, you know, here, take this pill and then you're just good. <laughs> They're going to need, and really, you used the phrase earlier, you can't read the label on the jar you're inside of. You really need somebody outside of you to help you through it. So to that end, tell us how a person could get in contact with you and work with you. Oh, thank you. Um, so you can reach me at Martha, M-A-R-T-H-A-D. Alexander, A-L-E-X-A-N-D-E-R at gmail.com. You can reach me at 805-422-6865. If you want to find out more about what I offer, my website is through the looking glass with Martha.com. Um, and I offer private coaching, group coaching, and speaking. And I'm yeah. always happy to do free discovery calls just to see if it is something that you want to work on. 
Oh, thank you so much. Like you said, I mean, we need about another three or four hours to go through all of this, but this is a good start for people and I hope they will reach out to you. Thank you so much for spending some time with us on the show here today. Thank you, Steve. And thank you for being vulnerable and open. What are the things from your past that you've carried into the present that it's time to move on from, that it's time to let go of, to be able to maximize today, what things from yesterday do you need to let go? It's a tough one and we all do it. So no judgment, it's just simply a matter of now, what can we do to maximize today by letting go of yesterday? I encourage you while we take this first commercial break to think about that a little bit and maybe even release some of those boulders in all of our lives that we all have that you have in your own personal life that will allow you to live free, to have more fun today than you ever thought possible, and more than anything else, to live as a thriving entrepreneur. We'll be right back. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity, and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far, and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. We're talking about how to let go of the past and really live a life that is fun and have a business that you thrive in every single day. That sounds great, doesn't it? I look forward to hearing from you the things that you've done. In the last segment, we talked about the things from our past that are holding us back, that are, you know, maybe those stones in our life or even issues that we've never really dealt with. Now we're going to talk about how to both let go of things that we're doing that we shouldn't be doing and how to really truly have a thriving thriving business. I can talk, sure I can, and a fun personal life. With that, let's jump right into our next guest. Join me in welcoming Nancy Abramson. Hey, Nancy, how are you doing today? Hi, Steve. I'm doing great, thanks. How are you today? I'm doing so good. Such a nice day outside. What's it like there? It is gorgeous. I'm in Florida now, so it's sunny and beautiful and not too humid, although some of my friends might disagree. <laughs> Isn't it supposed to always be sunny and beautiful in Florida? Um, if you ask me, it should always be, but it's not always. <laughs> <laughs> the thing that is the most fun for me uh, about Florida is when it rains there. And I'm not talking about hurricane rains, but I'm just talking about the regular rain. It rains in Florida more seriously than any place else I know of in the world. I mean, it just comes down. You just got to pull your car off to the side of the road until it decides to be done. Exactly. <laughs> and so funny, like it could be raining here and then across the street, it won't be. Like I actually was driving and there was an invisible line where you can see that the rain just stopped. It was bizarre. Now, the but, good news is it usually only lasts like 10 minutes, so it's not a real interruption in your day. It's <laughs> so, a little bit longer lately, but yeah. So Nancy, tell us a little bit about you and how you show up in the world. 
Oh, such a broad open question. So we'll, so on the professional side, we'll start off with, with that. So I spent the first half of my career, because I'm expecting to work just as much from this point forward, but the first half of my career, I was in the corporate world. I started off in public accounting and corporate accounting, working crazy hours and not thinking that there was any other way. I grew up in New York, so I'm working. Boston was where I went to school, so I started off in Boston and then I was in Manhattan working 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night and thinking that is just the way life is. And it was a very common thing for me to be sitting at my desk at 10 o'clock, looking at a dark hallway while I'm sitting at my desk trying to get stuff done. And I was good at what I did. I just wasn't lit up and I didn't love it. And I didn't enjoy it. Certainly not anymore. The higher up the ladder I got, the, the more stress. And I was working with spreadsheets and computers, not with people anymore, which is where I get my joy. And I helped a company get sold. I was a CFO of a company. We sold the company for millions of dollars. I was exhausted and kind of went on my entrepreneurial route. I had spurts of it when I was a kid, but seriously, as an adult, that's when it now started. And how I show up now is I am a success coach and I take all of my business background and now I help my clients who are small business owners. I have, and my stand is that small business owners can have a thriving business and a fun personal life and time for all the things that's important to them. And I am so much more lit up and fulfilled and excited by what I do now. And I think I'm more excited about my client successes than my own, because I feel like they're my own too. It's like, it's like my children. I have one client that we started working together right before this whole COVID thing started. And she had one assistant and she had to do, go out on all the jobs by herself. And a couple months ago, she told me that she had record sales, record payroll for six people. And she was out of work for two weeks with COVID that a client gave her and she didn't have to work. And she had record payroll after a year working with me. Wow, that is really good. I mean, I'm not sure if I'm jealous of her over the record payroll, just because payroll is such a pain, but that's a whole different story. <laughs> yes. Well, you know, it, we worked through all of that, the, the fear, the responsibility, the, you know, now stepping up into that next level and now being responsible for people. And there's a good side and a bad side. So we kind of shifted the whole context. Now she does, she can get excited about her girls being trained by her going out and doing the job and she could stay at the office and just manage from afar. So you coach people to success um, and it's such a broad word for you. What does success look like? And it's funny that some people questioned my title of a success coach because it's broad. And when people ask me, what does that mean? I say, well, what is success for you? And generally speaking, I'll help you get that. Some people want more growth. Some people want more personal time. And since you asked what success looks like for me is having the money and the freedom to do what I want and live my life the way I want. So my having the money flowing in to support whatever I want, but also having the time because after all those years and decades, if I actually admit how old I am, working such crazy hours, living for the vacation, living to enjoy my life later and living for the someday, I want the someday now. So if something comes up, I take the day off. If there's something I want to do, I work my work around it and I get to do it. And that's what success is for me. Mm, that's awesome. Since COVID has come on, I've totally redefined. You remember the 70s TV show Gilligan's Island? 
Of course. Totally redefine that. And I'm like, you know what? I think maybe that's my new definition of success. An island. <laughs> you know, I want an internet connection because I'm not sure that I can go without my computer. But other than that, you know, I mean. <laughs> Richard Branson has his own island and I'm sure he has internet on it. Well, I bet. <laughs> so most of the time, I'm overly generalizing, but a lot of the time at least, people really struggle with that step one. When you ask them, well, what does success mean to be you? They say, I don't know, I've never had to think about it. You know what I mean? How do you even define success for yourself? Generally speaking, the people that I encounter can actually define success, even if it's broad or to some extent, because by the time they come to me, they want something to be different. So by the time we're actually speaking, they generally have an idea, or the people that I attract have an idea. And that's who I bring into my circle is that they, they kind of know. And if it's somebody that doesn't know, then you just start having a conversation and you just start dreaming. Like if I gave you the magic wand, I do have a magic wand. So if I passed you my magic wand and life could be however you want it, what would that look like? Again, like I said, it'd be a really awesome island, great views with a good internet connection. Oh, and I'd have to keep my big screen TV too. <laughs> <laughs> So it's electricity, it's a big comfortable bed, great view. Uh, do, you, do you have company on your island? Um, you know, the expectation is that maybe, but right now, I mean, I've lived the last year and a half, it's just me and my dog. So I've gotten kind of used to, I don't know, maybe it won't be, I don't know anymore. <laughs> Food delivery, or are you gonna be living off of the land? Um, well, then, okay, I guess if we're going to get this deep into it, um, I need to have a maid and a cook um, and a, you know, yard person because I'm not doing any of it. I mean, while we're going to, you know, all of it, that, that would definitely be there. Well, and I do work with my clients to make sure that their goals are smart ones. We want, in order to have a goal that you actually will achieve, you want it to be specific. So yes, I do go into the level of detail. Like if you're going to start picturing where you're going to be going and where's the direction you're heading, then you got to know where you're headed, not just somewhere north. Your GPS won't get you there. So it has to be specific. It has to be measurable because otherwise, how will you know? I want to lose weight. Okay. How much weight do you want to lose? Some. So if you lost two, are you gonna be satisfied? If you lose five, you need to know or else you're not gonna be able to celebrate that you've actually achieved it. Is it actually achievable? Is it reasonable? Like, is it realistic? Oh, I wanna have a million dollars next week. Okay, is that realistic? How do you expect to be able to do it? So there has to be some, and, and there has to be a time frame. So we work together to achieve goals and I set you up for success so that you can actually achieve the goals, not set yourself up for failure. Mm. That's really important too, because I think a lot of times we do, I mean, because you and I, even when we were talking, I was a little, being a little bit fanciful and some of the things I was saying, you know, I'm not really, that's one of the other things you discover when you really go deep into that is how many of the things on your really true desire list aren't as big or as necessary as, you know, like the pie in the sky fantasy kind of goals. Exactly. Yeah, so, so then when you start getting down into the details, you start to figure out what is really a desire, what is really a goal versus yeah, it would be nice, but that's not realistic. Or when I start really thinking about it, it's like, hmm, maybe that won't make me happy. So we flesh that out. So what would you say, and this might be too broad of a question, 
But generally speaking, what would you say is the biggest place people get stuck? They get stopped. They start working with you and then they're just stuck and you have to kind of, either they stop working with you or you have to kind of move them around that stucking place. So one of the, the, the things that get them stuck or stopped is themselves. So it's either the fear of the success, fear of the growth, whatever it is that's the uncomfortable, the I got a text message somewhat recently from a client that she's like, you know, it, you really piss me off because you make me do all these things that I hate doing and it's really icky, but then I get, but I'm really happy afterwards. So you keep making me do the tough things but wow, the results, I was like, oh, yeah, I make her do the icky thing so that she has even more success. <laughs> so my, my clients are actually, they want the results, they want something to be different. And then they, they'll take it on. Like my ideal client will take the coaching even when they don't want to. And like one of my clients was, was struggling a little bit with sales calls. She hates getting on the phone. She hates making the sales calls. So that's what we're working through. A lot of times it's time management. And I do have a course on productivity to profitability, which is all about the time management and my signature system, my three P's of planning, power, exercise your power to say no to distractions and things that don't move you towards your goal, which I work with a lot of people on that, creating the boundaries and being able to say no to things without pissing people off. The second P is plan the work and work the plan and then profit. Are you actually planning for profit? Because not everybody does. A lot of people put their head down. They work really hard doing the thing that they're in business doing and hope that at the end of the year, they will have made money but they're really not sure if they have a, they don't have a plan. They don't really know their numbers and then they have to wait and see. So I work with them so that there's not the wonder that they know you can anticipate. Budget is not a bad word. Mm, for sure. Although you are letting a little bit of the accountant out of you in that. <laughs> well, and That's I good. will say that I, I think when I left the corporate world, I had a little bit of a PTSD about it, like wanting to get another job, but then crying at the thought of going back to doing what I was doing. Like once I broke out, broke free, I was like, oh, do I really want to go back and do that again? And now I have a very different relationship with it that I can embrace all of that experience and the knowledge and I have a different context so that I do help people. And I can, and one of the gifts that people have commented on quite often is the way I teach, like difficult things or things that they weren't, didn't really like, I, I teach it in a very easy way that makes people understand it a lot better, so. I like that. So speaking of teaching, let's be good teachers. Give somebody a starting point. This is the first time they've ever worked with you. What's the first step that they could take right now just after hearing the little bit we've shared with them today? So the first is figure out what it is that you actually want. Like, what is your goal? Like, I have one client that, and the client that I was just telling you about, we kind of took a break because she got kind of like amazed at the fact she had so many employees and she's like, all right, I need to plateau for a bit. And she needed to get comfortable at this level before she grew to the next. So for her, she has one level of one definition of success. I have another client that wants to be in two different cities and have income generating in both. And so we're working on the growth and so that each place supports life in that city. So for, for anybody that's listening, the first thing is define it and you get to define it. Don't listen to anybody else's definition. I mean, we all know people that are in careers because somebody else said, oh, you're gonna be a doctor like me. You're gonna be in the family business. You're gonna do this like me. Like 
we only have one life. So my first invitation is to figure out for you, what is the work that you love doing? What are you really good at? And what do you, how do you define success? Like, what is it that you want? And then create that. So this way, you, at least, you know, it's like, was it um, in the Wizard of Oz with the scarecrow? It's like, go that way. Like, find your direction so that then you know. And then the once I work with people and we kind of know where we're going and we're defining the direction we're heading in, the next thing that, because I work with small business owners, to make sure that they're really clear on who their ideal client is. And we work that through so that we are very clear that who is the ideal client? Who are you? Who do you want to work with? Because just because somebody was offering you money doesn't mean you have to take it. And as small business owners, so often we say yes, because in that scarcity mindset, we don't know if somebody else is going to offer us money. So we're going to take it. And I have many examples of people working with people that they don't enjoy and that are energy vampires and that they really have to like ramp themselves up because they're working with them today. And afterwards they're like, oh, I need to decompress because I worked with that person. I love my clients. I love every conversation I have. Well, maybe not every conversation, but I always look forward to every conversation with my clients. And when my clients have released the, the energy vampires, they've ended up getting bigger and more clients, more jobs. There's a better growth once they've create, released the, and cleared the space to allow for it. So I see that with a lot of people. So one of my other tips is just because somebody offers you money doesn't mean you have to say yes. Be polite about it. If you don't feel that you're a good fit for them, make a recommendation. It's always good if you have a referral that's not like you. You know what? I'm not sure if I'm the right coach, but I know somebody else that might be a better fit for you so that you can not just say, you know, too bad, so sad, you're, you can spin on your own, you know, or give them another resource or point them in a direction or say, you know what, maybe you're not ready yet, but if you do this, then we can talk later. You know, so you can be That's polite. Yeah. So tell us, uh, for people who are ready and they want to go to work with you, how do they get in contact with you? Oh, there are lots of ways. So my website is empoweredwithnancy.com. So you can go to my website. There's a book a call. You can book a complimentary discovery call. I call it a power call. Let's just see where you're at. Let's see if we're a fit. There's no, it's, it's easy. There's not, a, there's no pressure. Let's see if we're a match and what you're looking for and if I can help you. So that's one way you can also message. I'm on Facebook, also empoweredwithnancy.com. You could DM me. I'm on Instagram with LinkedIn. You can message me. And that's just my name, Nancy Abramson. So it's in the uh, email. You could do that too. The old fashioned way, nancy at empoweredwithnancy.com. See, there's a good branding. Mm -hmm. And I make sure that with all of my clients, there's a consistency and a branding that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, I do hope that a bunch of people will go to empoweredwithnancy.com and will engage with you. Nancy, thanks so much for spending some time with us on the show here today. Thank you so much. It was my pleasure. I so hope for you that you will let go of the things that aren't serving you that you will allow yourself to have as much fun as you can today and that in everything you do in business that you truly will feel like you're thriving as an entrepreneur. I really do want that for you. Let's jump into one more commercial break and then we'll be right back here on Thriving Entrepreneur. Don't go away. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. 
<laughs> Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Schedule a talk with Steve. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Welcome back to Thriving Entrepreneur. This is Steve. Welcome back. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. I have had so much fun both bringing these guests to you as well as talking with you about some things that we all go through. You know, it's just an element of being an adult is, is that we have things from our childhood, from our past, from our early career that we, uh, you know, we subconsciously deal with. We have them going on in our lives um, and a lot of times we don't even really think or realize that they are going on. We're just purely and simply living life the way that we quote-unquote we're supposed to, right? I know all of us do it, and, you know, I, I'm guilty of it too because it's just, it's what you think you're supposed to do. I'll never forget, um, it's interesting, uh, you know, because our second guest's name was Aunt Nancy Abramson, and one of my closest friends, his name was uh, Errol Abramson before he passed last year. Great, great friend of mine, multi-billionaire, an amazing businessman. And I talked to him and I was feeling guilty, uh, you know, after the divorce and the things I was going through and living here by myself. And, and I was like, you know, I don't feel like I'm doing what I am supposed to do because sometimes in the middle of the day, I just get so exhausted. And all I really want to do is take a nap. And it was so insightful because Errol said to me, he said, you know, he goes, first of all, understand and realize that you're not, uh, you know, the kind of person who's just not going to work. You're getting things done in this world and you're making an impact and a difference in the world. So first of all, you have to accept that. He said, and then secondly, he said, it's okay. And I said, what do you mean? He said, so what if you take a break in the middle of the day? He goes, maybe you do want to work at, because I was also talking about the element of the fact that, and then sometimes I'll work until two o'clock in the morning. He's like, maybe you will be doing work at midnight or two o'clock in the morning. And maybe in the middle of the day, what your body really needs to show up for your clients, to show up in your own life, is you just need to just unplug and lay down watch a television show, spend time with your dog, go outside, do whatever your body, your mind, your spirit is telling you you need right now. Just listen to that and allow it to be okay rather than the judgmentalism that we live in that uh, tells us that we're supposed to do it this way. Um, you know, we became entrepreneurs, and there's the old joke, you know, becoming an entrepreneur is the only job that you quit working 40 hours a week so you can work 70, right? But that's not why we started it. We became an entrepreneur for the freedom to spend more time with our kids, to be able to feel the sunlight on our face and not always be only outside when it's dark outside because we're in an office building all day. Or, you know, whatever it might have been for you, those are the kind of things that was what drove us to this to begin with. And now we need to learn how to really truly thrive in that. And so we have to let go of yesterday. 
we have to let go of those things that we're supposed to do. I know I've got them too. Um, that we, um, you know, the good people do. Or the things that are based out of issues from our past. Things that we're dealing with today that are yesterday's problems. Or maybe were never our problems to begin with. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, like if your parents went through a divorce and you were a kid, that that isn't your issue. I've had therapists try to feed me that line, and that's, that's not it at all. But at some point, we move beyond, you know, how bad our parents were, how good our parents were, any of those kind of things. And we move to the place where we're empowered to be our own person, to make our own choices. Maybe we did go to college, get a degree, get that specifically perfect job that I was supposed to get. And then we discover after doing it for a year, two years, 10 years, 20 years, that you don't really love it. You know what? It's okay. It is totally okay, absolutely perfectly fine to take a look at your life and say, this is not me living my best life. And so in order to be able to show up as the best version of me that I can today, what I need to do is first of all let go of yesterday and then focus on maximizing today so that today can be a great day. I can show up in the world. I can be the person today that I need to be in the world. I can do the things that only I can do today. You'll be better, more, all of those things tomorrow, but until we show up today and maximize today, we're not doing what we can do in this world today. When yesterday is controlling today, it's like a boulder. It's like, it's like a ship trying to move forward with the anchor down. And it just weighs them and they can't really get any traction and any propulsion. It's like trying to drive with the brake on, with one foot on the brake and one foot on the gas. You know, I mean, eventually you'll either peel out and the tires will blow out or you will make, you know, some forward motion and you destroy the brakes or any of those kind of things. It's just not how it's meant to be. And the same thing's true in our life. It's just not how it's meant today. So let's let go of yesterday and really maximize while it's called today. Because you are uniquely brilliant. You were created, oh, so on purpose, for a purpose. And the world needs you. We need you to be exactly who you are right here, right now, today. As you show up and you show the world today your very best. Let tomorrow take care of itself. Let yesterday go and thrive in today. Sounds great, doesn't it? Now, I know it's a little harder to do than it is to just say, but let's just each of us commit together that we're going to thrive today. We're going to be the best version of ourselves while it's called today. To love the people around us that we love so much. To show up and be the person that we were meant to be. And to live every day of our life as a thriving entrepreneur. Until we're together again next time, I hope that you have an amazingly great week. Thanks for listening to Thriving Entrepreneur today. If you want to get your question answered, send an email to questions at wehelpyouthrive.com. We look forward to you joining us again next time. If you're an author who's on a mission, stand out with your brand out. Check this out, guys. Yep, everything's marketing, and marketing is everything. Your existing book can become a best-selling book, or even, hey, like mine, a number one international best-selling book in five days. Listen, if your business isn't known by everybody, it's obscurity and that's death, right? The same thing is true for your book. If you're not happy with the way your book is performing, you got that far and then it just fell off the face of the planet kind of feeling, go to yourbestsellertoday.com, schedule a talk with Steve, 
believe. It's risk-free. It's guaranteed. It's proven. We've done it thousands of times. What are you waiting for? Yes, yourbestsellertoday.com. This time next week, you could have a beautiful seal on your book and get the attention that you deserve. Reach the people that you came to serve. Come on now. What are you waiting for? Grab a pen. Here we go. All you got to do is book a call, yourbestsellertoday.com. Go to yourbestsellertoday.com. Book a talk with Steve. It's proven. It's guaranteed. It's going to happen. All you have to do is say yes to your destiny. Yeah.